Okay. Happy Wednesday. Officially. Yes. We did not boomerang. We're going to forget it. Yeah, we are. It's gonna I can't believe last week I didn't save it. Okay, so anyways, it's Wednesday. And we're back. So this is Rachel Vote. I'm here with... Jess Anderson. Yay. Yeah. So tell them... Tell them what's up, where they find you. What, what, why would they want you in their life? Oh, because I'm awesome. But uh, photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for my private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And you can also add me on Facebook and follow along with my pregnancy journey because today we're 21 weeks and it's super exciting. And that means nothing to somebody who's had two children. I still don't even know what that means. Oh, I know. Well, it's it's past halfway work, but we just had our... our ultrasound for the anatomy scan so we got to see all her little organs and oh yeah her spine and everything and i just i'm in love well i hope so yeah we might have things other things to talk about if <laughs> right. not so i'm rachel vote as i mentioned um you can find me on instagram you can find me on the facebook you can find me in my office very diligently sorting things out so what I mean by that is if you are looking to jump into the empowerment class, we've got two happening this month. I'm wicked excited about them, but I'm so lazy about filling them right now. So just come to me and tell me you're ready. It's cool. Okay. 22nd and 26th of the month, there'll be a morning edition and an evening edition and they are online. So let's get you hooked up. Uh, tomorrow, I think we're back in, back in the kitchen cooking with yeah. Chef Tone and he's picking stuff. So I like that because I don't have to do anything right now except for pick winners, which is fun for me. So that's cool. And the VIP page, 18 years or older and a feminine energy. That thing is still like happening and I appreciate it because it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a really great time to tune in, especially right now. If, if the fall does presumably change things, if yeah. you were looking to get social, even in a safe way right now, do it while you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, football season, holiday season, everything's going to be so different. So, so come and see me. I'm, I'm doing in-home parties. I'm doing online stuff right now. Um, and it's been a lot of fun to be able to get social activity under my own belt for sure. <sighs> so, uh, today, today we have a list of potential topics, uh, as last week proved to be pretty crucial. I think for a lot of people, um, I like how we can bounce back and forth between something like sex and intimacy to racism and lesbianism and then just feeling like a sad sack pile of that Mm -hmm. is unproductive and not going anywhere so we just kind of bounce around from thing to thing and uh today i think i want to like intentionally try to shift the focus about not only um for yourself like kind of building from last week like if you feel like you were struggle busting and you you have tools maybe in your tool belt and you need them sharpened that would be kind of a good thing for today I think uh so if you've got some momentum going and you're looking to expedite it take the class get into one-on-one coaching or just buckle up Sally Mm -hmm. all right so take some notes if you need to uh listen to it again on faster speed if you need to whatever I don't care but Mm -hmm. the first thing we I want to kind of go over is one uh, thing that I feel like I coach very heavily on is people do not really realize what they're leaving on the table. I think in all aspects of life, but what I want to specifically say is by living your normal, boring life. So last night on a team zoom, things got really deep. Uh, and it was really, it was really good because, uh, we were talking about how, well, I mean, it's the fastest version about it is like if, when you have more money, you think that potentially your life is set. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love about 
my organization is I have have somebody who is very, very successful and has been independently successful outside of the current business that she's in for years. And I just knew that she's going to be able to bring this mindset to the team that I was unable to because she's lived in a income bracket that I have not obtained yet. Mm -hmm. So not only for her to be able to inspire women, because she, as a woman, owns her own business, um, but to help me inspire myself to get to a mindset where I can accept that level of income. Because what we had talked about previously was that for a lot of us, we don't allow money to come into our lives because we don't think we deserve it, which Mm -hmm. is the easy answer. The hard answer is helping yourself believe that you do deserve it because you do. But more importantly, because even when you can get there, like, okay, all right, yeah. Like, I know I'm going to do good things with it. Good things by my standards. I know that I'm going to, like, travel the world. Like, that's not – I don't have to feel guilty for that. Like, that brings experience into my life. Um, I'm going to take care of my kids. You know, I'm going to give back to my community. The things are important to me. And you can feel all of that and go, but why why is it still not here? Mm-hmm. Well, one, that comes from that fo- that focus of the fear of not coming. Mm-hmm. That's number one. That's resistance. And that's really hard. Really hard to work through. It's a lot of exercising. Um, but I feel like I'm good at resistance now. Like, I'm, I'm recognizing it. The problem is that I still haven't allowed myself to get it. That's the problem. The allowance of it coming in. Because I feel like, I told my team, like, if I was making steadily 10 grand a month, like, actual pure income, like, my bills were paid, so I had an extra 10 grand a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do with it. Like, I I feel like in this moment, I get very clear that I don't think I would handle it responsibly yet. Oh, same. And and it's by my track record because mm-hmm. I make good money. And sometimes I have to remind myself that I make good money. But as I've made more money, income or uh, lifestyle things increase, not only by standards because of uh, inflation and because your children get older, they're involved in more things or whatever, but just in general, I think that you could add anything, not just specific to me. Like you get nicer cars, you get a larger home, which means larger bills uh, mm-hmm. on several different occasions, your electricity, so on and so forth. Uh, you probably accumulate a larger lifestyle, mm-hmm. which I think is common, uh, which means potentially more debt. So you're making more payments, right? So it's not that you're not necessarily making good money, which I think is important for people to really retrospect on. Because for a lot of us, we make decent money. We don't make the most money we want to make. We don't make great money, but we at least make above poverty line. Mm -hmm. So be grateful for that, number one. But I've only done that. That's That's my proven track record. And that's why finances, I believe, are like one of my most difficult. Mm -hmm. Is because I could, first of all, I couldn't separate the emotion from the fact is that money is money. Oh, like yeah. it was so autopilot that there was no emotional currency attached to it. That's how detached I was. So as I continued to make money, like I went from, uh, I would say upper twenties when I was at Verizon, like 20 to 30, when I went and left there, I was probably making 35 grand a, a year mm-hmm. before bonuses. So I was yeah. making very good money at a young age, but I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I knew what to do with it. I burned it. I burned it. Oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't save it. I didn't I mean, the only thing I invested in was my 401k, but I didn't do allocation, I didn't do assets, I didn't do investments. Like I the stuff I know I I some of it was ignorance, but mm-hmm. some of it was I should have known better. Like there mm-hmm. should have been resources for me. But my point is is that as I made better money, I just spent more money. As I yep. made more money, I spent more money. Yep. Whether it was frivolously how you say it? Frivolous. Oh, I can't speak. But you, we words. know what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, frivolous. I'm, yes. I'm saying it wrong. No. I can't get it right. Anyways, <laughs> um, 
or because of lifestyle or mm-hmm. whatever. But, oh, God, I wish somebody would have stopped me. Because that's why, that's why I say it today. I, I can honestly say sit here and say I know I could make $10,000 a month. I know... I know what it takes to make an extra $10,000 a month consistently. I know what it would take. I know what I'd have to do, but I can't get there. Mm-hmm. And part of that skill set, like part of that's more consistency, more diligence, more discipline. And I'm not ready to give up what I've got so far in terms of that balance of not working like a fucking slave. Right. To, all right, well, you know what you have to give up for that. And you have to be very aware of it because you can't go pity party on yourself if you are not get, getting to take another Colorado trip for another year if you don't get your shit together mm-hmm. and whatever. You have to adjust those expectations or just be real with yourself and say, okay, well, if you really want that bad, then just get moving because you've done it before. Right. So why can't you do it now? I can't consistently have that money coming in. I can't because we might be in bigger trouble than we would be. You know, because all of a sudden now I have ten grand extra a month, so I'm going to start spending an extra $10,000 a month. What happens if that money's not there or what happens if I change careers what happens if uh, oh, yeah. whatever I mean you can play the what if game for what but that's where I'm at that's why I know that's why I know I'm holding myself back and making more income right now oh I, feel, I hate it I'm so mad at myself I feel the exact same way I do I mean I will say that COVID has effed up my income stream sure me because, too. because I am self-employed because I'm a photographer because I quit my job at the end of last year. Right. Uh, well, I guess officially at February of this year. But I, was, I my last day of work was d- before Christmas last year. Um, and so being 100% self-employed and then a pandemic hitting, like, yes, there was a curveball thrown in there. But my track record with money was that when I was a young college age person, I was working as a... As a supervisor in retail, making maybe $25,000 a year, and I thought that that was decent money, but I recognized very quickly when my car broke down and I had to upgrade my vehicle to not a great vehicle, just upgrade it slightly, and I couldn't afford the $200 a month car payment mm-hmm. because it previously had owned outright my vehicle. I was like, I can't keep working for $25,000 a year if I can't afford $200 extra in a bill a month, and then that would put me under. So then I went to work for the police department and I ended up going from $25,000 a year to $50,000 yeah. a year before like, and that was with overtime mandated overtime and all of that. And time and a half was real nice and holiday pay and all that crap. But I nope, there was no like pause button. Like, Hey, let me Ooh, teach this you. Is a nice yeah. jump. Yeah. Let yeah. me teach you how to find or deal with these, this money, this increase. And it got to the point where that, when I started my job with the police department, it was, I, somebody asked me if I wanted to uh, enroll in a credit card. I think it was Best Buy. And I was like, oh, sure. I haven't applied for a credit card in years, whatever. It probably won't get approved. Got approved, had a huge credit limit that compared to what I was used to. And then I, it was a high. And then I started applying for every credit card that anybody asked me, like, do you want to apply? Do you want to apply? And I opened like 14 credit cards in the, in the span of like two months because it was so quick that the credit. The, it wasn't catching yeah, up. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't catching up with me yet. But then. I had all of access to all of this money, even if credit is not physical money, I had access to spend it. Yeah. And so I spent it because I didn't know what to do with it right. because I had never been taught how to deal with my right. finances. Right, right, right. If you have money, you spend it. If you have money, you spend it. And my rationale was, well, I have the income to pay these off. Right. But I did not pay them off. And so then right. I was paying out the ass and interest right. and all of that. And then when I decided to go down to part-time last year, I still had high balances on all of those credit cards yeah. and had to get into debt management and all of that. So... I started, once my income went down, it's funny, once my income went down and I was forced to to confront 
my how my spending habits then I got smart with money then I started to realize how I should have been handling my money when I had that great income and when my income got, you know dropped significantly now I don't have that job yeah. now I'm 100% self-employed I work job from job my pay my paychecks depend on how much I hustle and it's scary because you're always relying on yourself. You're always relying on yourself. You're not, there is no two week paycheck, one month paycheck, whatever. It's oh, day by day, week by week. Yeah. Last week I was, you know, freaking out about money because I was looking at, you know, the first and the 15th are, are the two heaviest days of the month for me bill wise. And I had already paid all my bills on the first, but I was looking towards the 15th and I was like, and then you look at your calendar yeah. and you're like, do I have enough? Yep. Yes. I was like, am I going to get it? Am I going to do it? And then magically my calendar started filling up like crazy and I have income coming in because people are paying, you know, prepaying, paying deposits on things. And so, and so it, it's, it's happening, but it's still, but I'm, it's still that, living, it's that circle. It is. It's, it's that circle, circle of, of chasing it all the time. And I'm still living within <laughs> that I'm not bringing in more income, more money than what I mentally can handle mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I know that if I had an extra thousand dollars a month, I'd be spending that extra thousand dollars. Right. A month. Like I tell myself, yeah. I would put. I would. I would. If somebody handed me a check today for a grand and said, like, do whatever, I go, oh, I pay off some debt. Yeah. None of us. None could, of well, us. No, I shouldn't say none of us because no. some of us are money conscious. Yeah. But I, I'm not there yet, and I'm so. That's why I say I keep saying I'm so mad at myself because I know better. I know better, and I don't. I don't know what this problem is with my connection with money. And I've said this before that, you know, like I've discovered like my emotion to it is that I had such a conflict growing up because my dad worked so hard and I admired him and craved his attention that it instilled in me work ethic mm-hmm. It instilled in me that you sacrifice for good money. You don't show up on holidays and birthdays and it's unpredictable if you'll be there because you might have to work, but you have to work hard because you're providing so well. Right. But on the flip side, my mom didn't work. So... As somebody who was close to her mom, you know, like I know that I adapted this needed to be take taken care of mentality because that's what I saw in somebody that I loved and admired. Mm-hmm. So those could not be obviously more polar opposite. So I know that every money decision, it's still that conflict goes in my brain. And the bigger issue for me is that I've even clarified, like I've wiped all that out and go, okay, so you know why you think the way you think. Mm-hmm. What do you want to think about money? I want to think money is good. I want to think that people that are good can make good decisions with money. I want to, I want to believe, I believe that money can provide. I believe that money is just a symbol, that mm-hmm. it's changed hands so many times over the years that the dollar means nothing and it shouldn't. Um, I believe that I've gotten to a place where I've accepted the thing, that there's some things that I want to keep up with the Joneses and other things that are not important to me. Mm-hmm. What is my fucking hang up? What is my, what is my problem? What is my disconnect that I am so close to getting out of the loop and then I never get out of the loop? I think I keep falling back to this. The, it was, I think we talked about it last week, actually. My brain is so fried, but so I can't remember exactly what we talked about. But um, it, it's this money and time kind of things are man-made concepts. And so I very quickly, when I started my self-development, learned the money ebbs and flows. Right. And so when I'm feeling really stressed out about money, it's nowhere near what I used to feel really stressed out about years Me too. ago. Me because too. I think about like, oh, I got money to, like I have bills coming up and I'm like, okay, well, you know what to do. You have to get to work. You have to hustle. You have to do this. Oh, that's going to take a lot of work, but you know how to do it. You're going to do it like money ebbs and flow. Like, you know, you're going to do what you have to do to, to pay your bills. Yes. And I'm very proud that I not, have not paid a bill late in probably a year because I know what I have to do to pay my bills. So money ebbs and flows. I don't freak out about it. I don't give the universe too much negative energy around it because I don't want to feel stressful about money. 
But then it comes back to this when I have extra, a little bit of extra right. money. This is the second level of it. Yeah. Because right. I believe I've completed the first yeah. level too, which is the acceptance that it comes and goes. Yes. And it used to be hyper-focused on, I don't have enough of it, I don't have yes. enough of it. And yes. now it's like, you don't have enough mm-hmm. of what you think you need right now, yes. but that's okay, girl. It's going to yeah. roll back in. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So level two is where you, yeah. you're you at now. So yes. level two is this, when you have a little bit extra, and I'm talking like you got $20 extra, you got $100 extra. It's not like a huge, like, oh, I got $50,000. No. Correct. Like you have a little bit extra. It's like two fifty or less. Yes. You yeah. have a little bit extra today, and you're like... Oh well, I can get I can get more money. Like somebody's just gonna give me more money. Like, but I really want this thing now. Like, it's almost for me personally. It's this this struggle between I can see physically when I purchase something. I cannot physically see an investment. I cannot physically or see, see the, even saving the for debt retirement. going down is yeah. still not physical enough. Exactly. Maybe. I I, that's, I think that's great that you said that because maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of it. But. I wrote something down, but you had also had just said something too. I don't know. What, what, what else were you going to say? That's pretty much it. Okay. So you were talking about money is the just, physical seeing it. Yeah. The physical seeing it and the, the concept of it, it's ma- like, it's man-made. And when I've gotten so into watching, um, like documentaries about like movies that are based on real life. So the movie, um, the big short, Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty damn good movie. Um, but it talks about the the crash of the housing market. Right. But it literally, to me, explained that money is such a man-made concept that men, humankind, is constantly creating ways to bill and tax and create more streams of income that did not exist yesterday. Mm-hmm. So with the housing market crash, it was, you took it out a mortgage from the bank, the bank didn't want to wait 30 years for a return on their investment. So they sold it to another, you know, corporation who sold it to another corporation who literally, they just kept selling it until the value of what your original mortgage was like pennies on the dollar. But if you paid back the full value of it, whoever was at the bottom of that buying string would make a huge return. Right. But that never happened. They just kept selling it. That's that's why why it crashed. crashed is because they just kept selling like yeah. se- selling, reselling, 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 whatever. Is this the one with who's in that? Um, Steve Carell. Yes. Okay. okay. I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same movie. And then they say at the end, like in 2011, people were doing it again. Yeah. Like yeah. Banks were already. Banks selling were already. It out. Yeah. Banks yes. were already doing the same crap. Yeah. But it's to me, it's kind of that mentality of, well, does it really matter if I put this twenty dollars in the bank? Because like, what is twenty dollars in the bank gonna do? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's this weird... Well, I, what you're talking about is detachment. Now, yeah, detachment. I go through this with working because it's like, why does it even matter? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if I have a job. It doesn't even matter if I pay bills. Like, this is like existential, like crisis oh, kind yeah. of mode, okay? But um, it applies to everything. So what, what I remembered I was going to say was like going back to like where I'm at in terms of where I feel suffocated with money is that I never feel like I'm making enough. Mm -hmm. And I know that that attachment also goes to security for me, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I mean, you've had numbers in the bank and you didn't feel secure. Yeah. So you already know that there's no official number that you can say, okay, if it was seven digits, I'd feel plenty. No, you wouldn't. So that is my, that, that potentially is my issue is like the security aspect of it. I continue to make money. Mm-hmm. I continue to add income streams into my life. I've gotten smart about that kind of thing, but there's also just so much I'm detached from in terms of budgeting, in terms of the smart things on, I mean, everything's on auto pay and everything's oh, been yeah. paid on time, all of those things. But 
I won't even shop from a grocery list. Like, that's how ignorant <laughs> I, I tend to be. Really? Well, see, and I don't just because I'm too lazy to make Well, the that's why my husband does it, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's never going to be enough. Is my That's that's my fear, is that I'm recognizing it's never going to be enough. So you're always going to be in this cycle because you're never going to feel fulfilled. You're never going to feel secure. What's it going to oh, yeah. take? Well, and I go! Well, and my, part of my problem even was, for example, you know, everyone or most people that I know got the stim- that $1,200 or, you know, if you had dependents, you got more, whatever. Yeah. I, I did not at the time, so I got $1,200 in that stimulus check. Well, at the time, between that and the money I already had in the bank, I, for the first time in I can think ever, I had over $2,000 in my bank account after all my bills for the month were paid. I had paid up ahead of time the rest of the bills for the month I had over two thousand dollars in the bank and I thought I was balling because normally I have enough to pay my bills and a little bit extra to spend and then it's paycheck to paycheck whatever day to day the next month as well and it's been like that since the beginning of time for me mm-hmm. but by the end of the month that two thousand dollars was almost gone because I caught I quote-unquote caught myself up on things so bills were done but I hadn't bought new shoes in a while so my feet were hurting because I'm pregnant bought new shoes I hadn't bought any maternity clothes and my pants were getting snug, so I bought some maternity pants. You know, I started buying all of these materialistic things that I convinced myself that I needed because I hadn't hadn't focused on myself at all and probably I had not probably bought new clothes in probably a year. And so I I convinced myself that because I had this extra money that now was the time, it was now or never I was going to catch myself up. I was going to focus on myself. And spend a little bit of money on myself, which I actually find hard to do. I can buy money or buy things for other people at the drop of a hat and not think twice about it. But spending money on myself, unless it's food, is really hard for me to do. And so when I had that extra money, that's the first thing that I went to. Is I finally allowed myself to buy the things that I was convinced that I needed. Yeah. Well, now, I don't regret buying some, some of those things because I really did need some of those. I still feel like I really needed some of those things. But there was definitely some splurge spending in there and some non-necessity items well and that's hard because when you talk about essentials it's like that's a gray area right because i feel what you're when you talk about shoes i'm like dude like when you're fucking pregnant you deserve a pair of good shoes you are baking somebody else Mm -hmm. in the same breath like i had so much guilt like tony's like get yourself some capris like the capris i literally have on for when i weighed 250 pounds Mm -hmm. and it's not that they're something you can't wear, but you can't really hike in them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, like, having anxiety over it. I'm, mm-hmm. like, but I don't feel like it's a necessity right now. Like, I should be getting my shit together. And then in the same breath, I need contacts. I need glasses. But then I'm, like, mm, but contacts are really not an essential. It's mm-hmm. a luxury. Your glasses would be considered more of an essential. Now, is it essential to add blue blockers in because you work from a computer screen for a living? Oh, that's an added 60 bucks. So is it essential? I don't know. Your eyeballs have been doing just fine without it this time, but we don't really know what the extent of that is because nobody's worked on computers their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it essential for me to add in the sunglass feature? Because then I only have one thing in wearing instead of two things. If I'm wearing regular sunglasses, I need contact. Like it's just this endless effing loop of, Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the guilt I find myself in right now is like, what is a luxury and what's an essential? And when you get to a certain level of income, what do you get to redeem as an essential and what, as a luxury? And really it's nothing. Like mm-hmm. you should just have shelter, water, and food. And that should all, after that, everything's considered a luxury. Oh yeah. So it's, it is, it's such a bait and switch of your mind of like, I literally feel like there's steam coming out of my ears right now. just talking about it. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even like trying to live through it, but this is, this is my mind 
all day, every day. Well, yeah. And if and it sounds familiar, by the way, it's anxiety. It's anxiety. And r- this specific type of anxiety, in my personal opinion, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if any doctors are listening. You can confirm this for me. But I truly believe that it's the society that we're in right now. Like, you and I live in the United States of America. You and I grew up watching TV, mm-hmm. watching, you know, Saturday cartoons with commercials and shit. Oh, all yeah. Of that, all of, we are bombarded constantly with marketing. Yeah. We are bombarded constantly with advertisements, with commercials on the radio, with freaking Every third thing that you scroll on social media is an ad. Like, it, it's ridiculous. You, I, on my phone, have counted before. I cannot go more than three scrolls on post before I see an ad. Yeah. So we are, com- we are... It's a consumerism. We are sure. the product. I feel yeah. like like they like we they, like our electronics, our phones, our TVs. They are like these companies are selling us. They are selling our oh, yeah. attention. That's they your are selling extension of yourself. Yeah, exactly. They are selling our wallets basically, and we are consuming all of this from a young age, especially nowadays. Like our children just bombarded with all of this all the time, and so I think it that is what has to do with when we get to you know your twenties, thirties especially for our generation, like we are stuck in that what's a necessity and what's, what's a luxury because there our entire yeah, life, not a black and white line. Yeah. Though. Our entire life we were bombarded with advertisements for luxury items, but the message was you need this. This is a necessity. This will make you happy. This will make you happy. Like it used to be commercials about vacuum cleaners in like the fifties and sixties and everything or microwaves. But now it's about pop sockets and like the coolest uh, new tennis shoes yeah. and t-shirts. And, and I know a lot of people know this too. Like the United States is one of the only countries that allows prescription meds. Oh my God. Be, do you know what? The other day we saw a pet prescription med commercial. Really? Yeah. That's how far we've gone. Okay. Uh, let's not get on that soapbox. That's a totally different thing. Um, yes. So I agree. And I think that. It's just recognition. It's recognition. But again, that's where that's another level. Because if when you get to the first level of, all right, so I can talk myself out of the things like literally like I look around and I go, I don't need this. I'll never buy this kind of thing again. I don't, my sister the other day tried to, um, not try to, she offered to sell us her deep freeze. We, it broke quote unquote, like ours broke when we lived at the old house. So that mm-hmm. means we've gone at before I was pregnant. So at least two years without a deep freeze and haven't needed to use one. Okay. Initially my thought would have been, of course we need a deep freeze. We haven't had one forever. Like, you know, like who doesn't need a deep freeze? You put your popsicles in there and that's about the only thing that you need. Uh, but I said to my husband, I said, Liz is offering us this deep freeze. Do we need it? He's like, no, we really haven't used it. I'm like, that was my thoughts. Exactly. Thanks for the offer. And she was kind of like, okay, like question mark. Like, cause we've always had a deep freeze since we were children. Like my mom had one in the garage that was filled with popsicles and freezer. Oh, ours was filled with dead animals. Oh, <laughs> well, still, yeah. that's more, that's more <laughs> probably, that's okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, but that's the thing I'm saying is having yeah. that division of mm-hmm. being, what what is important to me? What am I willing to spend my money on? What do I think is a conscious okay. consumption or whatever? That's level one. I feel like I've been there for a while. I've cut a lot of crap out of my life that I didn't need. Hair, nails, eyes, mm-hmm. makeup, all that stuff. Level two is then, okay, now I'm here. How do I detach from what people think of me? Because I don't care anymore. Like, like I was stoked when um, silicone wedding bands became a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you kidding me? I don't have to wear my big, huge honking ring all the time and people won't have to go like why is she not wearing that pretty big ring you know mm-hmm. what i mean <clears throat> so like when glasses became like a thing okay part yeah. of outfits thank god right? right but same kind of thing same kind of thing is that you now you have to deal with you do have to deal with people's repercussions of how you decide to live 
Like, yes, yeah. you're meant to, like, let it roll off your back and it shouldn't bother you because it's your life, but it still doesn't change the fact that you're going to be, especially in the beginning, confronted about it constantly yes. because you are going against the norm. The norm. Mm-hmm. I should say common. The common thread. Because who gets to decide what's normal? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, and that is hard. It I is. think that's hard. Especially... I think it's it, it gets easier with age. It gets easier with pra- like practice. It gets easier with realizing in your life between money, relationships, family, whatever, what actually matters to you and what doesn't. Because there, I mean, and this, there is no start and end point. There is no, you start at age 21, you end at age whatever, because it's different for everyone. If you go through a major life event, near death experience, things like that, loss of a child, loss of a parent, anything like that, like you're going to be expedited on that because you're going to realize none of it matters. None of it fucking matters. It does not matter. I hope so. I hope so. It's if you get past the mourning process of whatever that was. But if you are lucky enough to not go through those major events, it is, it is a curve. It is a learning curve and it is taking time and, and giving yourself great, like grace to figure it out because you might wake up one day and say, you know what? I really don't care what my best friend from high school, who I don't even speak to anymore, thinks about my appearance anymore. Like I'm gonna. It, she told me once to not wear hoop earrings, but I really like hoop earrings, so I'm gonna fucking wear them. You. It's those slow things. It's giving yourself grace that you might wake up one day and decide that you want to change something about yourself. You want to change something about your spending habits. You want to change something about your appearance, whatever. But then you, your acceptance of other people's opinions. <laughs> your acceptance of other people's opinions. But it's. But then the very next day you might question it because you're not sure, well, did somebody else influence that thought or was that a genuine thought because it's new and I didn't, I don't know where it came from. And so you might go back to your old ways for a while and then it might take a full year for whatever decision you thought you were ready to make before you actually start implementing it in your life. Because I don't know how many times I told myself, I don't really care if I wear my glasses or wear my contacts, but I still wore my contacts every freaking day for years because I think my face looks slimmer than it does when I wear glasses, which is stupid because my face does not change. But now I don't remember the last time you saw me with contacts on and unless it was a specific event. Like if I'm putting my makeup on, getting dressed up, looking fancy for like a bachelorette party, sure, I'll put on contacts. But if I'm just going to the grocery store, I ain't wasting a pair of fucking contacts. You know how expensive those bitches are? <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't even just talk about like, that. Yeah, like I'm just putting glasses. I don't care. Expensive. I will just wash my glasses. I've gotten much better in my age with uh, washing my glasses. I used to just like wipe this, the dirt off on my, or smeared around on my t-shirt or something. And then it would still have like smear marks all over the place. Yeah. So I'm actually good about washing them every day now. Yeah. I mean, glasses are one of those things that it just is in an odd category because it's like, you need to see. Yeah. So. Well, okay. And that's, but see, I was going to make this point earlier. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> like. True. Like eyesight. Is a luxury. Mod- is a luxury. Modern day eyesight is a luxury because there are plenty of people walking this earth that are blind. Well, and doesn't that, not. but doesn't <laughs> that make you think about that? Like back in, so has yeah. it always been that we've had this terrible vision or is it oh, just, is no. that, well, right. Like something yeah. really like it's, 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 but everything. is that part of evolution that people couldn't see very well? So they just <laughs> walked off a cliff or got ate by a T-Rex so yes. they run? Yes. So if you're talking about the beginning of time, yes, I, it's, it's the gazelle that like, you don't go after the fastest person in the pack. You go sure. after the slowest one. So the person stumbling around cause they can't see cause they were born with it. Like they were a born with a version of yeah. vision impairment. Of course they're going to get picked off first. Of course they're going to get 
left behind the I don't know, but then you see, like, Hunger Games, you know, when that chick couldn't <laughs> her along. I mean, it had to happen sometime, yeah. right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have people that are blind this and deaf and yes. so on and so forth. But I think we... I think we, now in our modern age, whatever era we're in, we're very quick to th- take things for granted. Oh, God, yeah. 200 years ago, their their glasses were not as great as ours are right now. They didn't have different types of prescriptions nope. either. It was, like, all readers. Yep. And, like, it... it <laughs> Do you know when contacts first came out, they were glass? Really? Yeah. Oh, God, I got a note. Yeah. But all those things that we talk about. But it's it's technology, it's advancements, advancements, it's all of these things, but we take them for granted. Because you don't know about it. Because you, yeah, because you don't think about it. You don't, you've never known anything different. Correct. I think that's also why we as human beings are right now in this crisis mentally, like, because we're bombarded with all of these ads, but we have not really known anything different. Like, yeah. I grew up with TV. I grew up, I mean, it was a different type of TV, and we've, but I've always had color TV. Like, I've never had a black and white TV, but I've always had advertisements. I've always heard ads on the radio. I've never lived in a time where these things didn't exist, or billboards. I've never lived in a time where billboards didn't exist, or, like, the, the paper ads that come in the newspaper. Like, I have never lived in a time where that did not exist. Yeah. So I am literally from the day I can rem- first have my memory, like the day I was born, I've been bombarded with, you need this, buy this, this will yeah. make you happy, this will make you better. But I was not coached from a young age, I was not taught from a young age that these are all just ways to trap you into buying things that you don't really need. Of course, I heard some people say like, oh, you don't need that, That's that you know, we don't have money for that. Uh, you know, this is more money, more money stuff, else. money exactly. stuff. But it's it's all cyclical. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's but it. One, I think once you can start to recognize that kind of stuff, like before you make, before you make any purchase, before you pay off any bill, like stop and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I buying this? Why do I want this? What, like, how is this going to impact my life? Because there are plenty of things, like plenty of things, with this new apartment that we moved into, and the kids have both have their own rooms now. Like I have definitely splurged and bought them a couple, like a few things that they don't are not necessities. But I know that will make the the transition from, you know, brother and sister, eight and five have shared a room for basically their entire lives, hate sleeping in different rooms. So I was like, I'm going to try and make these rooms as comfortable as possible for you, so that the transition to your own rooms is not as traumatic for either of you. And so I got them night lights. I got them, you know, special bedding to make them feel like really special that their rooms were decorated a certain way. And I got them some stickers for the wall. But it's still like, I see a million and one other things that I did not buy that I was like, I would never in a million years spend money on that because it's not like, there's, it's not practical for use because you're going to use it once and then throw it away or forget that they had it or it's going to break because it's cheap. Like I've gotten to that point of, I know why I'm purchasing this. This has use in my life. This is yeah. going to... I'm still not perfect at it, but I still ask myself all the time, like, do you really need this? Are you really going to use this? Is this something that's you're actually going to use more than once or twice? Or are you going to get your money's worth? Because if it's like a $5 or a Dollar Tree toy, like, I might buy it because it's a dollar. And if you use it once, you're getting your use out of it. But then I get to the... But it's plastic, and I don't want to pollute the earth. And so it probably came from China. And and yeah, they made fifteen cents on the dollar. Yes. It. Yeah, and so then I'm like, I know oh, it, I don't want to buy it. But this is the back and forth of personal development. Like it is. we've talked about this repeatedly. Like when you are asleep, as we like to say, when you are basically in the it is what it is world, you're living very, very much in your own cycle. 
you maybe don't have a desire to change, which is okay. Yeah. Um, or, or you don't recognize a need to change. Correct. Um, or maybe you are so far gone in that depression and anxiety in that everyday cycle that you are like crying from the inside out and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's probably where you need to be. It's personal development. So personal development is such a back and forth game because this is, it is this constantly. It's asking questions. It's questioning questions. It's, is this genuine? Is this fake? Like, so I would say, for example, a, a vacation, right? Especially mm-hmm. in this time. Yes. <clears throat> so you have this, <clears throat> so we traveled to a place where it was mandatory for masks. It's not mandatory that you have to quarantine when you come back from either state that we mm-hmm. were in. But first you have, what will people think? what will people think about us traveling in a time like this? And then there's the other side of that of, I hate saying this, life goes on, mm-hmm. but it's meant to go on. And my, ju- well, again, it's my justification, right? But it's also, it goes back to everything is connected, right? So you're pumping money into another economy and whatever, okay? But then it's back to this, well, is now the best time, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to project what are your fourth quarter quarter earnings. You're coming into an unpredictable season. Is this a smart decision? Right. So then you go through that guilt and then you're like, yes, but it's a good life experience, especially since it's been such a hard eight, nine months, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's your one year anniversary. It will bring good things to that experience. And that should be the end of it. That really should be the end of it. It doesn't matter if you had to put it on credit. It doesn't matter if, um, you had to rent a car to go because you didn't have a whatever it is as long as you can say to yourself the experience outweighs all of this other crap that i'm i'm feeling then it's done but you don't live there yet Mm -hmm. in personal development for most of us we spend so much time in that battling okay but did i just say that it was justifiable to put on my credit card because i'm just justifying the fact that i put it on my credit card or Do I feel in my heart of hearts that, yes, that's not my money, quote unquote, but I can detach so far from the symbolism of what credit means that I know that even after I had to pay interest on this trip, it was meant that to be that way. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but that's the back and forth of personal development. Apply that theory of a vacation to anything. Oh, yeah. To anything. Should I have this brownie? Yeah, I feel good about having the brownie and I know tomorrow I'm going to be on a better track and I'm going to eat bananas instead, whatever. Am I just telling myself that so I can eat the brownie? It's the same damn it thing. And it's it it sucks, but it's trial and error. Yeah. It's learning your own boundaries. It's learning your own, like, your own, frick, I hate forgetting what pregnancy brain is real, y'all. Um, your own, like, it's your own core values, but the things that actually m- matter to you. Yeah. So it's, it's just... And it's all through trial and error, personally, because... Trial and error, I think, is good, but I think what I try to stem back from is remembering that nothing's permanent, and I have such a hard time that when I make a decision, it's like, it's in stone. Yeah. It's not! It's all fixable. Well, well, that and, man, accepting that other people's decisions are not permanent or set in stone, or that... I'm not even trying to deal with people right now. I'm (laughs) trying to get through my own shit. But you make your decisions based off of a of other people's decisions within your own family or your own life. So, I mean, this is different for everybody. But anyways, we'll go back to everybody at teacher through trial and error. I think for me, at least a lot of decisions like earlier in my life and earlier in my personal development journey, before I met Brett, before I became, we became a family and started a family of our own. Um, it was through trial and error because I didn't know what my true, like outside of, 
don't harm other people, do good, like try to always do good, those kind of values. But I didn't really understand what my core value about money was, or my core value about parenting, parenting, my core, like I didn't Mental know all health. of these things yeah. because I had never confronted them before. I had or even never... knew that they were something you had to confront. Yes. So I took advice from other people, from books, from, from Ted talks, from motivational speakers, from friends, from family, whatever. I took pieces of advice from everybody and I dabbled in, like dabbled in them. I explored them. I trial and errored. I, I see, I went or I did something, made a decision about parenting. If it, if I liked it, it felt good. If it felt like it aligned with my other core values, my, my inner core values, then I kept it, adapted it, made it my own. But then there's other things that I tried that I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that worked for this time, but I don't think that that really is something that I want to keep in my toolbox, that kind of thing. Yeah, but do you suppose what you're talking about is something that you're better at than other people in terms of that recognition? Because I feel like, I I feel like I've done so much better with a lot of things in my life, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I skim over that so quickly because I feel so hyper-focused on, okay, so what's next that I have to quote-unquote fix? And I'm so stuck on that. Like that thing failed, in, even though I'm telling myself failure's not failure's not a bad thing anymore. I've no. passed that part, yeah. but it still sucks that it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. What did I do wrong? How do I fix it? I I live there more than I live in the. Just remember what you've already done. Just remember it's not permanent. Just remember it can be fixed. Just remember I I'm not good at that yet. Yeah, and I I feel like you're good at that. You're better at some of that than you realize in some areas of your life. Because I feel like you're really good at that, at least what I've seen with parenting stuff and with relationship stuff. Sure, I would but agree. But I think that you're... It's my business and finance is still as warm and secure. I literally was going to say, I think your insecurities lie with your business and your money. Always have. But I think it's because you're on... Not in a bad way. You're on autopilot with your relationships and your family because you're doing good. so well. Yes, yes I agree. And you don't feel like there's stress. You don't feel like you I agree. Work. I agree. But for other people, like, moi... Like, those are the things that I'm currently stressing about that, well, I mean, I'm stressing about money and business as well, but I'm stressing about the family and the relationship part of it. So it's, I don't know. I think... Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm having a small aha moment because, mm-hmm. so we were somewhere and the TV was on and it was like one of those real housewives of selling LA homes million, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. And so that's what they were talking about, right? She was like, I just got this commission check for... It's like a preview of the show. Yeah. $7 million. I think it was on Netflix is what it was, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's what she says. I get this commission check. It's for $7 million or whatever. And all they can focus on is, but this bitch won't even come to my party. She didn't even tell me I wasn't invited to her wedding. And what goes through my, my mind is a very, very instant second see people with money still have issues oh yeah but that's not even my core thing like what you would say is my thing goes oh my god I'm so glad that that's not my drama life anymore but what you're saying is it's it's that skimming over it's like it's that recognition of I am good in relationships now I am good at being empathetic I'm good at having a listening ear I'm very good at I feel like at navigating and helping people whatever would they want is it a perspective to see it a different way is it just a supporting listening ear is it because you want me to bad mouth her with you I'll do that but you know that I don't feel that way it's just because I know that's what you need I know that I'm good at that stuff now, um, and, but I don't recognize it. So when you sit here and you tell me, yeah, well, like, I'm I'm super, like, I know what you're saying. You're not yes, saying this verbatim, but no. if somebody were to say to me, God, I'm having such a hard time in a relationship, I'd go, so fix it. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, you know what I mean? Look at your face when you said that. Literally, like an eye roll, like hand gesture, everything. Like, so fucking fix it. Fix like, it. Like compromise. <laughs> if this person's important to you, tell them. Yes. That is what I'm good at. And, and how did I get there? I mean, because if you would have known me a few years ago, you would have known it was an ongoing joke not to hug me. Yeah. And that's in, I I mean, I've been with PR for eight years now, but I would say that that's probably within the last five. I agree with that. And while I can still look at that and go, okay, so now you know. Now you know you've been focusing on your business very heavily for maybe two or three years. And now you're in a pivoting and changing moment anyway. So does that mean the clock restarts? Nobody fucking knows, Rachel. So you have to accept the fact that maybe it's going to take five years, which hmm, just happens to correlate with the fact that you plan on being in Colorado for, in that five-year period. Uh, okay. Well, my, my point is, is that was a squirrel moment for me, but my point is, is that I, I don't know how to get past that part. Like in what you can probably relate to is that being in this moment in the stress and stressors of a relationship, which I remember being in my, my previous relationship was the same thing. Stress, anxiety, like avoidance, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was that you do in a relationship, that was me. And I was just, but at the time I was just going to work and at a paycheck coming in from full-time job. Right. Oh yeah. So I didn't have to worry about that. I don't know how to get past it. I don't know how to remember my skill. I one, I don't know that I know how that, even though relationship with money is a thing and I know that, I don't know how to translate a skill set potentially because this is not something that can talk back to me. This is not something that can give me feedback. This is not something, I mean, it does vibrationally, mm-hmm. but I'm not speaking that language yet. So I just, I can't stop beating myself about it. I can't figure it out. Well, A, I think that you need to work in with your meditation every day Oh, yeah. Every morning is an abundance meditation about finances. Every morning. But you need to stop focusing so heavily on finances and add in two minutes of every day of reflection on how great your skill set is with relationships. I see what you're saying. Like, add in a little bit of balance. Focusing on the problem. Yes. Instead of the the potential solution, you already have a skill set to to solve your life's problems because you already done did it in other areas of your life. Yeah. You just got to train, like, you have to focus on the fact that you do have these skill sets. You do know how to do this. And that's, I'm so tired of relationship stressors because my relationship with Brett right now is great. Mm -hmm. It it is strong. We don't, not every day is rainbow and sunshine. We still butt heads. We are two completely separate, different people. He is eight years my senior. He has been married, had kids before. I I just realized this the other day. I don't know why. Like, it never clicked in my head, but I was 19 when my stepson was born. And I'm like, I can't imagine <laughs> having him at, yeah, at yeah. like, if he was my biological child, like, where I was in my life at 19. Yep. I'm like, thank God you guys didn't meet me until yeah, I was yeah, much yeah. older. Because yeah. that would have just been a horrible experience for everybody. But, like, it's, we're at a place where we truly do not go more than 24 hours without talking through our shit. Mm. And I... That's, that is, this is the first relationship with any human being on earth. And I can say that, like, stand up, pledge of allegiance, hand over the heart, Bible, whatever you want me to say. This is the first relationship that I've ever been able to do that comfortably. Even if I'm still insecure that, because I have a fear of abandonment, that he's going to leave me because he's going to get annoyed with always talking about our problems and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I don't feel... I don't feel like it's an annoyance, but not a fear anymore. Yes. It's an annoyance, but not a fear. And it's, I'm so grateful. Like I come from a place of gratitude. Like I'm so grateful that I can talk to him about these things and know that because we've, we've been doing it, (coughs) um, for the last, we've been doing it really, really solid for the last year. Cause we've been together for almost two, but I would say for the last year, we've been really solid about talking through our crap within 24 hours because 
we're, we finally feel comfortable enough to do that kind of stuff. And you know that's where it's going to go anyway. Yes. It's been so successfully done. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Sorry. I'm at this point in my pregnancy, wherever I cough or sneeze really hard, I feel like I'm going to throw up. So, excuse me from that. But, <laughs> um, just got to compose myself. But it's, now I'm distracted. Brett and I are at this place where we, we talk really well. But we still, like, we still have problems. And we still, like, so when I say that I have relationship issues, it's not... Yeah, yeah. It's not 100% like him and I. It's all of the outside yep. things that are added into our relationship. And the fact that he is working a job where he's not super happy, but it makes really good income. And so he's stuck in the, do I find something that makes me happy or do I stay at this shitty job oh, that yeah. brings in money? He has an ex-wife that he's in the middle of a really hard custody battle with because all he wants is more time with his kids. And he feels like that's being taken away from him. He also has, you know family drama and the fact that like his mom passed away I think it was it's six been six years but he was really close with his mom so it's it's really hard for him to be bringing another child into this world without his mom here to talk to Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a great relationship with his dad so it's like he has all of this stress weighing on him like at all times and so it's like I I try not to be added to that stress but then I'm also like but yo I'm part of your life now so we gotta talk about our stuff too yeah so it's it's an evolution and it's some days we're really good at it, and other days we have to work harder at it. And it, that's what I constantly remind myself with about everything in my life right now is if I can be excelling so well in my relationship with Brett, even though not every day is good, it, it gives me grace in other areas of my life, like my business. Like, I, I feel like I'm excelling really well some days, and other days it's not so great. And I'm like, doesn't mean it's a failure. Two years ago, if you would have asked me that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a total failure in my business because yesterday I didn't do anything for work and now I feel like I'm behind and I feel like I'm a failure and I feel like my clients are just going to leave me and then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I don't feel like that in my relationship. So why do I feel like that in my business? So I have to just, I don't know, you have to stop and reflect about what you're good at and you have to apply it to other areas of your life. I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I'm much better at it now than I was a couple years ago. I think part of that struggle with that is like, it's entrepreneurship. Cause it's just like, cause you have to build on yourself. And it's like, how do you, I mean like, I don't negate how difficult it can be to achieve a promotion or a raise oh, yeah. in a nine to five. Um, but there's usually a set expectation a about. structure. Yeah, yeah, in a time frame, If you do it for this long, you will potentially get there. Mm-hmm. And it's just not that way when you work for yourself. It's. It's where we talked about earlier, you know, you have to rely on how you're going to figure it out. You're going to rely on how you're going to pivot. You're going to rely on paying yourself, which oh. I still don't even know how to do, right? No. Correctly. 100%, I don't. Whatever. I still don't do it correctly. Yeah. That, that's the problem. Part of it. So I hate, I hate after literally having it being my eight year anniversary this month of being an entrepreneur that I still have such a fear of whatever I can't say it's a fear of failure can't say it's a fear of not believing myself because I don't know what the fear is now because it used to be fear of failure conquered that now I don't know what's on the the docket success I don't know I don't know because I I tackled that really early on I feel feel like because it was that was fear of expectations Mm -hmm. and fear of that kind of thing so I don't think it's that like I've gotten really clear about like what I would like with with all arrogance aside, like, the level of celebrity, quote-unquote, that I am comfortable with is about where it's at. Like, yeah. I don't I don't try to aspire to be bigger than what I have now because I think it's manageable for the lifestyle I want to live. Yeah. But, um, I don't know what the fear is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because I can't just start saying, like, 
I'm going to make more money. I have to figure out a way to acquire that more money. You know what I mean? Like I can take on more clients and I can sell more product. Yes. But if all of a sudden I wanted to say I wanted to increase my income by two times, like my fear is, okay, well, now I have to find another way to do it. You can't do what you're doing well enough, fast enough to get to what you're talking about. So you need to figure out another way to bring it in. That's, I think, part of it. Is it maybe like a fear of like overextending yourself or mm, no I think it's just like I just think that I've done what I can in my role oh, okay. like I don't so, I think I've tapped out on what I'm and I'm part so, of me think that that's asinine part of me it's like uh no you know you can make more money you've seen other people do it but I also think that that's part of just like where my direction is in that that if we're talking about one specific thing like I just know that my passion is not as heavy there so I'm putting focus into other things and that's like part of that's guilt because like well you're silly because you know what you could do over there but the other part is like we gotta do what makes you happy yeah but I still feel <clears throat> feel that will translate into the other roles that I have about feeling tapped out like I can't make more than what I'm doing so already it's a fear of I don't even know how to wear this but I feel like it's what I'm saying I don't even know what it is yeah like I I feel like I understand what it is but I don't know how to verbalize it right it's, it's a fear that you've outgrown one role and but you don't know how to transition to a new role and or it's almost like a fear of letting go personally like I feel like I feel like it's kind of more wrapped up into my worth because it's like I mean how do you how do you make more money though because it's based on me it's based on my services it's based on you know what I do but see, oh, see, and I. But, and I'm, but I'm not even negatively connotating no, like yeah, that, like, yeah. right? Like it's not bringing me down. Like, no. oh, I'm not worthy enough. Well, see, I don't know. See, so, too okay, much. Because your business, like, I feel like your business stuff, your entrepreneur stuff, it is entrepreneurial. It is. It rests on you. But I don't know how to multiply it very easily. My business with photography, I know exactly how to multiply it. Raise my prices, get more clients. Like, but that with me is that means becoming good enough, becoming excelling or practicing, working enough to where you have the skill to charge so that you're worth charging more. I say that's fair. And that comes with time. With time. Which I'm, oh, yeah. I'm okay with. Yes. And I, right now I'm okay with, if you would have asked me a year ago what I thought I would be charging right now, I would definitely have said more money. But with where I'm at because of the amount I've actually been able to work yeah. over the last nine months. Right. I'm perfectly happy with my prices. I'm perfectly happy with what I'm charging. My clients seem happy. Like, I feel like I'm in a good spot. Now, I know that a year from now, I will want to charge more. I will want to be bringing in more income with the same amount of clients. But then you get to the point where there there are other photographers in Lincoln in the same area as me doing the same type of work as me that they have a fraction of, like, smaller amount of clients, but they are charging huge prices because of their quality, because of the experience that they provide, because they're not just a... A point and shoot photographer hears your images. They provide a full experience that I just don't have the means to to offer my clients yet. I aspire to get to there, but it's I don't I don't have a fear of not being able to bring in more income at right at this point in my life or my career because I I already see so many people before me and how they've st- taken the steps to yes. do it. Yours. I don't yes think, and no. I don't think I've seen other than I know. with with your intimacy business. Right. Yes, there are other women 
in the company that have done the same things. But, but not you, the way that clearly I want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So you are trailblazing. Don't own, say it. <laughs> you are, are creating your own path I in life. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I do because I know yeah. what it means in yes. terms of my freedom. Yes. And, and what, so what you said about like the potential to make more money, that's, that's, we're getting closer because I know that. I know yeah. that I can, just like what you had said, I know that as I get more coaching under my belt, I know as I become more experienced, as word of mouth, I understand that that value will increase and I yeah. am totally cool with paying my dues. I believe that I owe it to pay my dues. I do not believe I'm going to come out being hot shit in month one and exactly. two. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, so I think that that segues into kind of the thing that I said I didn't want to talk about that I think we should talk about is because... What you would just describe is literally the way that I feel. It is, honestly, I had to do soul searching. Mm-hmm. I had to dig into that to say, it's okay to not be okay with where you are yeah. in terms of knowing you won't stay, mm-hmm. but being okay with where you mm-hmm. are because it's where you are. Yeah. And in this moment, allowing it to mean what it needs to mean, whether that's you're discovering what you will no longer accept or what you're ready to expand upon, mm-hmm. like what you had said. I think that part of that problem is like what you would, you just use that word trailblazer. I think that part of my problem is that I feel so alone because there's nobody that's doing what I'm doing yeah. and nobody will be doing what I'm no. doing that I feel very alone in that journey. And I feel like I need to say this because if anybody else is in this particular position and I, I had spoke to my team about this last night, sometimes you you the loneliness is because you can't share what your aspirations are because what you what you would describe like this you said I've seen other people do it I got to be patient build up a skill set right mm-hmm. so you've seen it be done but it doesn't mean you're vocalizing you yourself in this moment have the plan correct correct I mean like but you could you could mimic yeah yes I, off, could, I could mimic based off of right. others but I personally do not have a plan for me set out that okay. I'm going to do good so this is two parts so the first part for me is what we talked about is that theoretically I could pick and choose like from entrepreneurial mindsets of how I'm going to get there. Right. And see, see it be done, accept it, be done. I can do it. The second part of what you said, I accepted when at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about those differences of recognizing what you want, getting clear on what you want, allowing for what Mm -hmm. you want, being deserving of it. Right. I have over time manifested asked for, was given, whatever, so many things that I didn't even realize until in retrospect, I was like, I don't know how I created it. I just Mm -hmm. asked the universe for it and it showed up. Okay. Like it could be silly things like parking lots, right? Uh, parking lots, parking spots. Um, this happened like three times in Colorado. We asked for something, we were given it. Like whether it was like a trail because we didn't know what to do for the day, whatever. Those are just as important as manifesting the $250,000 a year income. Mm -hmm. It is so true but so scary to go from manifesting a parking lot, parking spot to that much money in your life that you don't think it's possible. Mm-hmm. So I got so good that I I've recognized, okay, so you don't know how you don't have to know. You don't know how you have to know how the 250 is gonna come. You just gotta know what's gonna happen. You gotta know that you've done it before. And sometimes when you say things like that to people, they're gonna think you're batshit crazy. Oh yeah. And they're not gonna be supportive of it. So you have to be aware that even the people that you never think are gonna make you feel terrible about your dreams, it can happen. And you have to know that that moment is not about you. It's about them not being able to believe in that higher power yet. They have not 
step back and recognize the, the recognition of a manifest of a parking spot. They don't know that yet. But they, it's also coming from a, like, it, it's good intentions, it, but it's but wrong. It's, it's good intentions, but it's, they're coming from a place of fear of, and how dare this person think that they can do that when yes. I couldn't do that. I think that's thing, it's part of it too. And that's yeah. subconscious. Oh, it is. Um, and we can talk about that on a later podcast if we need to, but I just think that it's important that if you feel like right now you have to protect your energy and protect your goals and dreams, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you share it with somebody and they make you feel like crap about it, don't, one, don't punish them. And don't try to prove them wrong. Don't try like, to prove them wrong. Just know, okay, that's okay that they don't have to believe in my silly dream. It's my silly dream. So just know that too. All right. So I hope that this podcast was helpful for you guys. I don't even know what we'll title it, but it's just, it was a whole lot about wealth. I think it's a whole podcast about wealth, which we all really need. So tell them where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. Send me that friend request. Yeah. Find me on Instagram. Uh, vote for parties on the Facebook where we got the VIP page. We got cooking in the kitchen. And we also have empowerment classes on the 22nd and the 26th. We got to go. It's time to stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Goodbye.